Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode nine of the KV Pod. Hope you guys are enjoying the show so far. I can certainly say that we are very much enjoying making the episodes, uh, putting together com- the conversations and all of that good stuff. I got to say, we are getting slightly better with this podcasting thing every week that we try it. I'm doing a lot of learning about the equipment, the EQing, the miking, the editing, all of that fun stuff. So hopefully that is coming through on the final product as you guys are listening. Um, We've got a little bit of a different episode for you today. We've been talking a lot about movies and pop culture and doing some fun stuff like that, and we will continue to do so. But this episode is being released on March 11th. And as you may or may not know, March is Endometriosis Awareness Month. Um, Endometriosis is a condition that many women deal with around the world. And actually one of the hosts on the KV Pod, Emily Hanley, has some experience with this condition. And so we wanted to recognize Endometriosis Awareness Month uh, by letting her tell her story. Um, In this episode, Emily will share a little bit about her background with this condition, how it has affected her personally and people in her life, and how she continues to live with with this experience. So I hope you guys enjoy the conversation. Um, I hope you find it encouraging. Maybe if you also have some background with this condition, or maybe if you don't, I just hope that you find it informative and interesting to listen to. I uh, really appreciate you guys listening. Please uh, make sure you are subscribed to the show on whatever app or platform that you listen to podcasts. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for considering uh, leaving a positive review. That helps us grow the podcast and reach more people. And I just also want to encourage you to follow us on Instagram at the KV Pod. You can find us on Twitter as well. Uh, we'd love to interact with you guys on those platforms and uh, just kind of have a conversation, go back and forth between us and you. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to <laughs> another episode of the KV Pod. Hope you're enjoying yeah. the show so far. Uh, we're enjoying making it. Yeah, we're having so much fun. It's true. Yeah, I finally actually hit a point last week where I was like, I just want more free time to podcast. He literally, things. the other night we're hanging out at home and he goes, I just want to podcast. And I was like, is that you telling me that that would be your preference for an activity tonight? And he goes, oh, no, I just, I just, in general. Like, I was no like, one oh, could okay. be listening. Because it was like a we'll... date night or something. I was like, no, I'm not going to. Yeah. Sub- I mean, you subvert. podcasted on a date night. I know. I just, for that particular No one thing. could listen sure. and we will keep going. <laughs> we're just having the time of We've our We've got lives. some listeners and we appreciate them. And, <clears throat> yeah, uh, we do. We're just going to keep doing what we can do. And The thing that I appreciate good. is that typically we will wrap an episode and keep talking for like another hour. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> We're just or we watch our a movie, one of the movies that we were like, you haven't seen That's what? True. And then we'll go watch it. Yeah, That's story of my life. Yeah, or so. not watch it. <laughs> Daniel. Yeah, <laughs> we've discussed this. In the air. We've discussed this Have multiple times. I don't know. Was no. this we on the last specifically episode? No, uh, we tried to watch Ocean's Eleven because that's my one of my favorite movie franchises and Daniel hasn't seen it. And so and we he, <coughs> were namely watching it. I mean, I also Daniel. hadn't seen it, but yeah, so we, we like finish a podcast episode. Was Daniel. We finished a podcast episode and, and then like, you guys, guys put on the movie. This movie is who I am. It's my soul. It's what drives me. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you're really setting me up to be a turk. Keep going. <laughs> what a jerk. Edited a podcast the entire time. 
guy with headphones on. Well, at first we didn't even know that's what he was doing. At first, yeah, we I thought, thought he was just, just messing around on his laptop and like doing listening no, to the episode. I was working on the podcast. Right. And I we was now understand livid. that. I was like sitting in my chair, like, hey, wow. don't invest in me. No, just kidding. Didn't even know you were mad. So you <laughs> no. got to work on I your pouty. Mad. <laughs> I get sad because you know I like to do things together. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. so when your participation is absent, I'm just like, Shalene and I we were together alone. This? Yeah. <laughs> together alone. I mean really you though. just left us out there together I, yeah and I I did not have malicious intentions <laughs> but then we just hadn't uploaded the episode that day and I was like this yeah, needs to yeah, go up because yeah. well, we upload on Friday but I did appreciate how so, when like I was like hey Daniel mm-hmm. can you like be present with us Maybe you're already done. And I was, so it was done. A, oh, so, well. So. I mean, it makes no, it less I was in the middle lovely. of my work and I, I shut like, it down. You're not going to you get anything. But you were responsive to like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. And you like put everything away. So it's convenient that Long you story short, then. we're going to have to watch Ocean's Eleven again. However, yeah. or I mean, since you guys did the work of like playing it for me, I can go do my own homework and not make you guys. I mean, you'd probably enjoy watching it again. Yeah, I really like it. But like, I don't know. We don't have to. You're just so okay with watching movies alone. It's weird. It is weird. I don't. Is that weird? Do you guys? It's weird. No, I don't like watching movies. Shalene alone. has done that. I do. You, you watch, yeah, I will. You watch TV shows, Shalene. That's different than movies. Is that different. It took me, oh yeah, it took me like a month to watch Encanto because I just kept waiting to watch it with someone. This is a really sad commentary on my life, but eventually I just watched it alone with my dog because I was like, fine. Yeah. I mean, occasionally I'll watch a movie, but that's like way more of a commitment. And by myself, I do not make that commitment. No. TV shows, that's something else. Cause like, just cause it's shorter. Also, like, I tend to get emotional in movies and it's nice to have some support along the ride. That might be part of it. Yeah. Honestly. Interesting. Because TV show things are like kind of drawn out. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, there are certain episodes that are going to get you. Sure. But the chances are lower. Unless it's called right. a midwife, in which case you oh, will cry every man. episode. Every episode. <laughs> or Chicago I love Mad. that show. Chicago I'm Mad just waiting for them to drop the tenth season on Netflix. Yeah, man, because it's it's on PBS, but they it's won't such a let wholesome you show. watch it. Yeah. It's such coming a coming from show. a human who doesn't give birth. Like it's a very speaking wholesome. of reproductive health. Yeah, I was yeah. Say. Midwives. Hey, that yeah. try. I just really love that show. But go ahead. We're gonna have Take a slightly away. different conversation conversation on the pod today. It is, when this episode comes out, it will be March, which is Endometriosis Awareness Month. Woot woot. Yeah. And yeah. we wanted to recognize, I was going to say, we wanted to celebrate. I was like, I don't know if we're no. celebrating, <laughs> but we want to recognize, recognize yeah. Endometriosis <clears throat> Month because this is something that uh, has personal relevance to not yeah. my life, but to some of our lives. And yeah. so we just wanted to talk about it. I have, yeah, I have endometriosis. Um, yeah. Pretty rough intense stuff and so it's just something that doesn't get talked about very much and something that I think women especially in our culture are conditioned to be ashamed of to not talk Mm -hmm. about and I I did not get conditioned to that somehow in my life so (laughs) I'm pretty open about it I don't really care I don't mind to talk about it that's changed though because I I think it's changing first no I mean even in your life personally oh yes yeah because I think at first and maybe it was just because you had no clue what was happening yet i think i was ashamed at first but i mean i'll get into a little bit of why that is yeah and i think that all women with endometriosis the majority of women with endometriosis have a very similar story to me Hmm. um for those of you that don't know i guess before i tell my story i'm i was just going to read the mayo clinic definition of it um 
Endometriosis is an often painful disorder in which tissue similar to the tissue that normally lines inside of your uterus, which is called the endometrium, grows outside your uterus. Ouch. Endometriosis commonly involves your ovaries, fallopian tubes, and the tissue lining your pelvis. Rarely endometrial-like tissue may be found beyond the area where pelvic organs are located. So question yes. that I just thought of yeah. might be ignorant, no, but I'm curious. So then can the endometrial tissue that develops elsewhere mm -hmm. have contraction kind of thing? Because like, is that what happens in a normal cramp, well, cramp situation? Is yeah, that what it has inflammation. Okay, so which inflammation is, is, pain, what causes is what's the pain, painful, but there's not actual like cramping happening. No, because I mean like that would require muscle a muscle. Yeah, okay. and the endometrial tissue is not muscle tissue. Talking through it. Yeah, yeah, but the contractions of your uterus are right. made more painful when they're covered in this tissue. It it's sense. it's explained like paper mache inside okay. your body, which as you oh, can imagine the, is the not tissue. great. Things in your body are not supposed to be made out of paper mache. So yeah, I don't know. I, mm. um, I guess I'll just kind of like dive into So, so paper mache meaning it's like little clumps. Like you could, it's like hard, like you could feasibly like, okay. I was going to ask like, does it come off in pieces? Like if you were, can. if you were to surgically go in or is it like one big, um, piece of tissue that kind of stays it together. It depends on yeah. the where it is the and there's stages of endometriosis. Okay. Like you have stage one through, f I think it's four or five, um, which in, is another thing that's a big misconception is that the stage of your endometriosis does not correlate to the pain of your endometriosis. Interesting. So you could be stage one endo with very little endo and be in a lot of excruciating pain. pain. I was between a stage two and three leaning hmm. towards three yeah. and I was on, um, massive painkillers and passing out <laughs> I and remember. I mean, unable to function. Yeah. So fundamentally, would this be a genetic condition where your body is producing this tissue in the wrong place? As of right now, there's still a ton of research going on about endometriosis. Yeah. And that's part of the problem is that it was not researched. It's something that only affects women. And so it was not prioritized in healthcare, honestly. Hmm. And there's a lot of doctors that say they only heard it once during medical school. Interesting. Like they covered it for the day and was like, hey, this thing you're supposed to know. But then, do they know with what they have researched if it's genetically? I like, believe that I guess I mean hereditary is what I'm no. asking. Well, hereditary, it's not necessarily okay, hereditary, hereditary means you could pass it on. Right. Genetic just means your gene, your DNA yeah. is causing this. As sure. far as I okay. know yes. from the amateur amount of research genetic, I've done, you know, I'm not pretending to be a doctor or a nurse or a scientist in any way. I'm just someone who has a personal experience. Sure. They don't know what causes it. And that's part of the issue Fair. is right. because we don't know what causes it, we can't help you prevent it. And the only way to diagnose endometriosis is surgically. You have to have a laparoscopy for them to tell you, yes, you have it or no, you don't have it. Oh, wow. For sure. Like definitively. They can't tell you otherwise. Um, yeah. So my. That's weird. Like not even a scan or anything no. could do that. That's mm -mm. wild. Because it's just a tissue. It's not like a tumor or something that okay. they could see like, hey, that mass, big giant yeah. mass isn't supposed to be there. Um, yeah, that's interesting because maybe it's not a giant tumor, but if it's a... It's just lining if, the if other things in your body, though. So it doesn't stand out yeah. in a way that mm -hmm. looks abnormal. Yeah. It does once you get in there and you can see it. But, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, okay, this Go is ahead. a very technical question. No, ask away. I'm also <laughs> qualifying all of my questions. Sorry. Anyway, Don't. but... We're here uh, to learn. So, lost it. Wow. Oops. 
yep we can circle back to it we can circle back back. my brain starts Um, right now yeah i also do i just said this but i do want to preface this with like nothing i'm saying do not take my word as medical by gospel like (laughs) talk to your doctor um Find a doctor that advocates for you. That is one of the biggest parts of my story, which I'm going to dive into is if a doctor is not listening to you, you do not have to stay with your doctor. Hmm. There's no law that says you can't switch doctors, switch doctors, get the help that you need and get someone that believes you and is going to take care of you. Yeah. Because otherwise that is the biggest issue with endometriosis is Hmm. that women are not believed or downplayed and made to feel insane Hmm. And you're not getting the diagnosis. An average diagnosis, endometriosis affects one in 10 women. It is extremely common. One in 10 women. 10% is a lot. 10% of the population of women on this planet have endometriosis. Yeah. And it takes an average of five to 10 years to get a diagnosis. Hmm. That was my question. Yeah. Is technically, do they not even diagnose... Mm-hmm. Like even insurance purposes, you know how you get a mm-hmm. diagnosis until until surgery. Yes. So they will not put a diagnosis. No, Mm-mm. just symptom. They will say this is what we're leaning towards. Sure. This is what we think you have but to actually get a diagnosis. Yeah. On your chart. requires so, the surgery. Yeah. Okay. Um, in my case, Makes my sense, story, which will take a little bit here and hopefully spark some other questions. So feel free to interrupt me okay. as we go. Um, at a very young age, I start. I have always had horrible, horrible stomach pain. I just mm. get sick randomly. I could eat McDonald's and get sick, or I could eat a chain plain chicken breast and get sick. And it's just always been that way in my life. Mm. And you know, they did lots of testing. I do have lots of food allergies, which allergies are very common in people with endometriosis. Mm. Um, And another thing that they tried to diagnose me with when I was a kid was IBS and none of the treatments for IBS helped me at all. So we just stopped them and they were like, it's not, she doesn't have typical, I I did not have all the symptoms of IBS. I just had pain. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I can't now I know in my life that most women with endometriosis are inaccurately diagnosed with IBS early in life. Okay. But here's, so that's interesting. So even pre puberty, Mm -hmm. they're seeing other things in there technically endometriosis really doesn't onset until puberty because that's when your reproductive organs are maturing and starting to do their thing yeah but they're noticing these trends in women with endometriosis that that history pubescent they had these certain things but those other things could not be uterine related or yeah and like i said you know not knowing the cause of endometriosis really like kind of leaves a question mark on a lot of things yeah so but this is just something they've noticed and in my research that i've seen most women struggle with the things that i struggled with Uh prior to diagnosis um we are going to talk pretty openly in case you haven't figured out about reproductive health here. So if that makes you uncomfortable, I totally understand. Feel yeah, free to skip this. You happen to have small kids. Yeah, if you have small kids, that are not kids, ready for that discussion. We are going to use medical terminology and be adults in this podcast. So I'm not going to be like vile or and inappropriate, but we're talking about a reproductive issue. So um, get warned. ready. Yeah. So <laughs> we're going to dive right in. So I started my period late in my life for a teenage girl. I was 15. Um, and, uh, the first sign of my period was 
gut wrenching, crippling, sweat inducing pain. Wow. Um, yeah. First experience. Yeah. Good I stuff. was in the car with my friend's grandma. My parents were in California. Oh yeah. You told and me I was just out of nowhere. It felt like someone was shredding me from the inside out with a hatchet. It was horrible. Awesome. And so I, we were picking up my friend and I was like, <laughs> I'm dying. I don't know what this is. And then I was like, Hey, that's what that is. And so I just thought, this is the cramp. This is period, babe. This, this is why people talk about <laughs> this it. This is why people don't like their periods, which this is what Eve did to us. Yeah. <laughs> not to downplay. I, I also want to preface that. Yeah. Thanks Eve. <laughs> not to downplay. I don't want to, pre- I want is that, to, sorry. Side <laughs> note. Is that supposed ahead. to be part of it? Also, I, I guess know. people talk about it. I don't know. I, don't, I just want, don't know if anyone's going to take us serious. At least in my family. My that. mom always jokes like if yeah. I even with pregnancy. I just want to clarify: like, is oh that gosh, is, are so we, is that actually something? Because I, I don't. I don't theologically. I don't know the curse <laughs> that there is pain in childbearing. Yeah, right. Is what I'm I referencing. Feel like that would include right. menstruation and menstrual cramps is not childbearing. But I'm, at least it's, it's part, part of your of reproductive system, though. Okay. So I was, there, I'm, is, I'm, there are Is that theories, just a joke or is that something no, that like people actually think? No, like there are theories, I think, even theologically that like... Yeah. It well, it says, you know, it. there'd be pain in childbirth for yeah. the women. So we have this thing every month that guarantees, even if you're not having a baby, you're still going to yeah. have this And reminder. so I think that there are theories like... <laughs> there are theories of maybe we always had the same reproductive cycle... But, but it wasn't the pain as associated with it, and yeah. the pain associated Fair with labor. I'm not trying to push back on that. that. I was just curious. And I don't know if I believe that 100 percent or not. But it is the running okay. joke. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah. Sorry. just had so, to clarify for me. I mean, I, yeah. um. Anyways, yeah, I just assumed, and I I want to preface this by saying I'm not downplaying people who do not have endometriosis, healthy women. I'm not trying to say your period cramps aren't painful. I'm not trying to invalidate your pain. This is another level, though. This is a level of like sure. it, it. It should not ever be normal for someone. Yeah, and unfortunately, it is. Yeah, and so I just lived with that, and I would do my best to hide it. You know, I was in high school. You don't want to be writhing in pain at fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen in front of all of your classmates. Yeah, and it just—it's scary. I'm that person that. I am a hypochondriac and I worry that something's wrong with me yeah. all the time. Yeah. And but then I can understand why, because so often there are things wrong I'm with you. I'm usually right. I'm usually vindicated. I love you, Emily, but your body uh, is like is a on a vendetta. But um, yeah, it's really coming for me. But um, as a reference, I'm getting over influenza A right now. So if my voice is kind of cracky. I apologize. Um, yeah. Anyways, uh, I, I just kind of lived with that. And I mean, obviously I couldn't hide it completely. Like I would miss school and miss work and, you know, my parents would find me almost passed out shaking. And like, I mean, we're talking like body tremors, dripping sweat from my body, you know, crying, sobbing, I'm in pain and I can't get up to get anywhere. Um, and my mom kept being like, you need to go to a doctor, you need to go to a doctor. But I was scared to go to a doctor because yeah. they're going to tell me something's wrong with me. You're going to tell me I can't have kids, you know, all these things. And, um, which is a real fear. Oh, like associated crippled, with anything p- period related. Like even, yeah. I don't know. I can't imagine completely healthy women have that fear. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's crippling. It's yeah. Cause it's just a, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it ruled most of my adolescence and I can only imagine starting your period as late as you did too oh, yeah. but was that terrified. was already way in your head of like oh mm-hmm. my gosh like I was horrified yeah yeah um a lot of pe- girls women with endometriosis too have like irregular periods or insanely heavy periods and I didn't have that mm-hmm. I had regular periods every month I did have like a heavy period but not like 
I was bleeding through a pad every hour, which is like how some people What live. can happen? Yeah. That's crazy. Um, Yikes. So I was Seriously, having... That's a lot of blood. We're going to get real deep. I mean, I was having lots of other pain other than just cramps, you know, it was in my back. It was going up my back. It was going down my legs. I was having like stabbing vaginal pain as well and Gosh. pain with going to the bathroom, um, UTIs constantly. Um, I would sneeze. Yeah, it might be more than just your normal yeah. <laughs> cycle. Yeah. I mean, it would, I don't want to be graphic, but it would literally feel like someone was stabbing me vaginally. Like I would, I would be sitting there and I would like yell and ball up and my dad would be like, what is wrong? And how do you be like, well, you know, well, you see, well, you see father. Yeah. <laughs> and like, even when I would sneeze, like it would feel like someone on my right lower, like pelvis, it would feel like someone stabbed me when I sneezed or coughed or anything. Jeez. And I found out I had a, um, a mass uh, I had a um cyst a cyst a hemorrhagic cyst on my right well ovary Daniel. yeah um it, it turned out to be a pretty harmless cyst in the world of cyst it was just full of my own blood no. but as it was painful as opposed to like it grew something okay. or had like fluid had in children, it you know what no, I mean like no, it was just <laughs> my family own. of cysts. yeah Sorry. the only thing <laughs> keeping it there was my own blood okay and so it was like easy to get rid of okay um but anyways, I at 17 was missing enough of my life and was in enough dread and pain that I was like, okay, I'll bring this up to my doctor. She's a female. I was comfortable. You know, I'm not shy about reproductive health. Like sure. it doesn't bother me to talk about. Um, and I listen, um, this doctor is still in my family's life and I have a lot of respect for her. She loves Jesus. Um, it's no one that anyone of us knows um, except me. And um, uh, she did not believe me, though. Uh, I mean, there's just no kind of like, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Um, she basically was like, you know, lots of girls have bad cramps. You should take a leave. And I was like, ma'am, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm tapping out the ibuprofen. Like, I can't take any more. Yeah. This is, it's, it's brutal and um i think i mentioned endometriosis because i had been doing searches and specifically the stabbing pain that i was having you know um is common in endometriosis and she was like well i don't think you have endometriosis but if you want me to do a pelvic exam we can and i had not done enough research i was 17 to know that you can't diagnose anything from yeah. pelvic exam Interesting. Uh, as far as endometriosis Yeah, because I was Googling it and uh, it says during a pelvic exam, your doctor manually feels areas yes. for abnormalities. Often it's not possible to feel small areas of endometriosis unless yes. they cause a cyst to no. form. Right. Okay. But it's in the diagnosis section, but I yeah. guess it's saying like it I could mean, maybe work. In like but extreme cases where your entire uterus has been paper mache they can probably feel that something's amiss. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not going to be able to tell you for sure, you yeah, know, fair what enough. that okay. is just yeah. from feel. And but so, you didn't know that at the time. I did not know that at the time. Um, it was an extremely painful procedure for me. No, no, no fault of her own. I'm 17. I'm a virgin. And now someone's hand is going in my body. <laughs> and um, endometriosis causes pelvic exams to be more painful. I was going to say. I, if that, yeah, because yeah. you're rubbing up against and irritating this tissue that's already inflamed and irritated and angry. Yeah. And it causes contractions and muscle spasms. Well, because your uterus is 
lined with that too now. And so okay. now your uterus is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So it's what are you not doing? that that tissue is contracting. contracting it's my just uterus. causing yeah. other contractions. So I had to go back to school after that appointment. And oh, no. um, yeah, I ended up crawling from the bathroom to the office crying because awesome. I was in so much pain and my mom had to come get me. Um, so my mom was like, why don't you um, schedule with a gynecologist? Because this was just a family doctor. And I really didn't want to because I didn't want to go through that again. And yeah. I didn't want, I, she didn't believe me. Why is anyone else going to believe me kind of thing? Sure. She's a good doctor. And so I did call and no one answered. And I, so I left a voicemail and no one ever called me back. Oh, so I was like, bummer. it's my sign. Like I'm never going to the doctor for this. Mm. So many years went by of just living like this. And I mean, it was horrible. I, there's no way to put it. I'm not, don't want to complain. And a lot of people in my life don't know that they didn't see me in that position. Shalene did. Huh. Um, That's fun. Yeah. And it was pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause I've had painful periods. Mm hmm. And like more painful than some, mm -hmm. but there's a, like Emily already said, there's a whole different level. Yeah. It's just a I level mean, of where something is actually wrong. It's literally yeah, well, doctors have named it as one of the, I think it's one of the top 10 most painful conditions a yeah, human can well, have. Well, because I've had periods where like I'll black out. Like if I stub my toe or I do anything that causes any additional pain, I black out because yeah. oh, I'm gosh. already having pain yes. or like I'll lay in bed, like moaning for my mom, yes. like when I was oh, younger. Yeah. And just like, yeah. so I've had that. So I've yeah. had painful periods, but it's a different thing. It's a totally, it's, it's a different, yeah. it's a different thing. It's just, it's, I mean, unless you feel it, you're never going to know what it's like. Does a heating pad really alleviate anything? Um, it, you try. I've, uh, uh, heating pad burns are really common among women with endometriosis because, because you're, you're pressing it so hard and you're trying to do anything including other pain. So you can get, get you heating pad it. burns. Oh yeah. There's been many okay. times I've oh, been yeah. cuddling my heating pad and I've thought, hmm, I've wonder had if heating, I can burn myself. Yeah. I've had heating pad burns <laughs> for oh, sure. Yes, you can. Good Yikes. to know. Um, yeah. So anyways, years went by. I just kind of powered through it. I knew when my period would be and I would plan my life around that because Yikes. what are you going to do? Yeah. And, um, I remember living in like dread, like, if I knew something was going to happen during my period, like one time I knew we were driving to Boston and I was like, I don't know oh. if I'll make it. Like, I, I don't know if I can do yeah, it. And it was just horrible. Um, ended up going to work at a medical facility with Shaleen, um, and several other people and from our church worked there. Post high school at this point. Yeah. yeah. No, this is like post, post college. college. Yeah. I'm okay. several for years me, because I got the job oh, after okay. we graduated yeah. from college and started working with I Emily. I was 2021 when this is happening. The year was 2018. 2018. Okay, so it was 2018. It's true. And Emily was um, in high school. Yeah. What? Pre. I'm just trying to get the timeline. At this point, I was obviously yeah. in you enough. Graduated from high school in 16. 16. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I was 20. Got it. Um, I was in enough pain that the people around me medically trained, like could not ignore that. <laughs> and so I started getting prescriptions. Um, so I was taking Toradol. Um, no, no, Toradol. I was taking diazepam. Wasn't there another T one though? Tramadol. And tramadol. That's the one. Which if you don't know, especially diazepam is a, is a heavy narcotic. It's a muscle relaxer. Um, I guess I don't know if it's a narcotic, it's a muscle relaxer. Um, either way, it's a performance affecting drug. Like I often could not work when I was on diazepam. Yeah. Um, and the hope of that was it, it would help, um, relax my muscles in my uterus enough 
to ease some of the cramps and it would put me to sleep so that I could sleep through the pain. Um, the tramadol also really helped and I would be taking ibuprofen and, you know, like Motrin and Tylenol on top of that. Um, I just remember you were real drugged. Yeah. And, and that sucked. And also you would, maybe I shouldn't bring that up. No, go for it. You would joke about being like, do you want a tram at all? Yeah. Like, I'd be oh like, gosh. oh, my oh period God. hurts. She'd be like, do I, I got have the tram at all? Yeah. yeah. I was like, no, I don't, I don't think I'm at that level. I'm yeah. But I didn't want to live doing that. It's crazy. So, cause, and I was just asking about the timeline. So like you're from your first doctor's visit to I mean, now being 20. I mean, this is three, four years yeah, yeah. of this is how you live your life yeah. month to month. And I went probably crazy. over a year of taking these medications okay. and thinking this is the just what the rest of my life is going to be. It's Wild. just managing this and sure. also living in the crippling fear that I can't have children. So yeah. with that then, because I was with you when you finally got a diagnosis. Yeah. So you had started those heavier drugs like prior to me working with you. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so, and that was just from my doctor being like, you're in so much pain. Let's do this. So, uh, one day at CFA, I mean, oftentimes I wouldn't be able to take the diazepam cause I couldn't leave work. Right. Yep. Um, or even if I was on it, it would, I, I still had breakthrough pain. It wasn't a, a f- fix all, you know what I mean? I was sure. still, sometimes it wasn't enough. So there was a day that I was having where it wasn't enough. I was in so much pain and the, the doctor's office we work at had like handrails on every wall for, you know, people who oh, need yeah. that. And I was trying to get back to my desk and I started to black. I was just in so much pain. I was blacking I out and I couldn't stand anymore. And so I was on the ground, but I was holding on to, to one rail. of the handrails because I was trying to not look completely collapsed because I didn't want people Jeez. to make a deal out of it. Yeah. And so, I, you're, so you're just curled up on a ball, I'm on like the floor. physically holding trembling, on. holding on to this bar, dripping sweat off of my body, Jeez. biting my lips shut so that I don't throw up, and just sitting there. Yep. And yep. Andrew, Fendi, Andrew right? Fikes, yeah. <laughs> who I've known since I was three and worked there, walked around the corner, and he kind of knew that yeah. this was. We worked in pretty close proximity, so he'd seen my pain and he picked me up basically like under my arms and got me to my chair and he was like you can't live like this he, he was like you need to go um he was like go to Hannibal and see my wife's gynecologist she's amazing and so that's a little over an hour drive an hour and a half yeah and yeah. I was like deal so I called and got an appointment and Shalene took me because <laughs> I was Lit. scared to go alone. CFM was an awesome employer. They were like, so the great fact, to us. The fact, one, also just having Andrew as like an overseer. He was the best. He we was were really so supportive blessed. and he helped all of us with our health and yeah, emotional issues. We were really blessed by him. <laughs> and, and just the fact that like not only do they allow Emily to have off work, to go to her appointment, but they allow me to take and it was off like work the next to day. take her. Yeah. Like short notice Yeah, to be able to just go be emotional support for her. Well, and to drive. Yeah. So Cause that, I didn't know what was going to happen while we were there. Right. So yeah, we got down there and again, it's just that fear of like uh, last time this happened, nobody believed me and all they did was hurt me. And, uh, and this doctor is amazing. Oh my yeah. gosh. Wow. And she, 
just sat there and listened to me. And finally I like got up the courage to say, I think I have endometriosis. And she just looked at me in the eyes and was like, yeah, I think you do. And I mean, I almost cried. How validating. Yeah. And uh, I didn't know this whole backstory when yeah, I took you. So like I, I was there about it because you were like, yeah, you can be in here. I would like you to be or whatever. Yeah. And so, but I didn't know this whole and I remember in that appointment, I asked her if I have endometriosis, will it be hard for me to have kids? And she said uh-huh. it might be. Yeah. And I remember you were not ready for that. Yeah. And you were like, <laughs> yeah, I was obviously a hot mess. Yeah. Um, so she was like, here's what we're going to do. Let's like try to do a process of elimination because we cannot diagnose endo without surgery. Right. She was like, so let's do this. Um, go to lunch come back and we're going to do a pelvic ultrasound, which boy, howdy. <laughs> they, t- if you've never had a pelvic ultrasound, let me tell you, they take a wiffle ball bat <laughs> oh gosh. and go up that thing. <laughs> Is it the same thing as transvaginal? In- in- yes. That's a transvaginal ultrasound. Yeah. Yeah. It feels, it felt like a wiffle ball. Pad. It felt like what? they just, Oh, you weren't at my first me. ultrasound. No, I wasn't there. That's what they did for my first ultrasound. Yeah. And that's what I was, I was, I'm looking at this website and I'm like, yeah, I think Shalene got that for the baby. Yeah. But yeah, I wasn't but, there at that first Which one. it was not at all painful for me, but you had endo. I had endo. You have endo. Yeah, it was So like, rough. that's a different. And you have I the had, thing that makes I the pain. I didn't know at the time, but I had vaginal endo as well. And oh. so just oh, okay. even right that there. is like, yeah. So, um, anyways, yeah, we did that and she was like, well, the good news is like, we don't see any fibroids. You do have a hemorrhagic cyst. That's the stabbing pain when you cough and sneeze. And she was like, yeah, yeah. But also like diagnosis things being found out. I love getting a diagnosis. diagnosis. (laughs) The most validating thing is a hypochondriac is hearing that diagnosis roll in, baby. It's like winning the lottery. Um, but anyways, (laughs) dopamine hit. I'm like, I need to get diagnosed. Wow. You're just like (laughs) addicted to getting diagnosed with things. It makes me feel so good. It's so great. Oh, no. um, so, anyways, uh, she was like, you know, like here are our options here. Um, I'm operating on the assumption that you have endometriosis. We can try this new drug that just came out of clinical trials, and it will put you into menopause, chemical menopause, Yikes. and hopefully take you out of chemical menopause and see if that reset. Hopefully, kind of fixed things. hopefully take you right. out of chemical I was like, menopause. <laughs> she was like, what is that supposed to mean? So you're supposed to take it for a certain amount of time and then take stop it for like the drug? Two years and then stop it, yeah. And see yeah. if and it that, resets it. What does that mean, reset? It means you don't, don't have periods because you're in menopause yeah. for two years. Yeah. And then after that, you let your body go back to what it's doing. And see if it's healthy. With your normal hormone levels as a 20-year-old female. And your each endometriosis could be gone, potentially? That's the idea. I mean, endometriosis, the condition is never gone, but your symptoms and your... Or is it just taking away symptoms? I don't know. I didn't do too much research into it because it freaked me out. (laughs) That's a very terrifying thought. We're just going to stop your periods with menopause for two years. Because she was like, that's your option. See if it comes back. It might not. You might never have periods again. Exactly. Yeah. She was like, that's your option or surgery. And I remember she gave me pamphlets about that medication. Give me the surgery. Slice me open. Yeah. She told me to go home and like (laughs) think it over and then decide. And I remember like having those pamphlets at work and being like, Dr. Dr. Collins was the doctor I worked for at the time. God bless that man. He's an angel. Um, and he was like, I was like, what guarantees me 
that I will come out of menopause. And he was like, nothing, nothing, especially with an experimental drug. Yeah. Well, okay. Like, it's technically not like, experimental if it's out of clinical trials. But it's sure. not experimental. And he was like, no, in it's my, still really I'm scary. Just, just no, messing I'm not, with I'm not saying it's that. not scary, but I'm just sure. saying he wasn't comfortable ahead. giving me like a full medical opinion. He said, because he was not my practicing gynecologist. Sure, right, right. But he was like, as your friend, like I would suggest doing surgery. Mm-hmm. Like it's a safe option. Did, did any of the literature yeah. you had, say like like give you a statistic on it like this have, many people but it was so many years ago that i don't even okay. i don't okay. even remember what the drug was called right now okay. honestly i was gonna um, it's tickling my brain but i can't yeah i can't remember i feel like because i with remember an M. her telling you about it yeah and like giving the options and giving you the pamphlets yeah but anyways she yeah. was like otherwise it would be surgery at mercy clinic in st louis yep um and Road the surgery <laughs> yeah the surgery is a laparoscopy mm-hmm which is a minimally invasive surgery. I go to the minimally invasive gynecology um, clinic in St. Louis. And is that a real title? Yeah, that's what the name, my, my name of my clinic is the minimum is minimally invasive gynecology. Wow. Yeah. Cause he's a specialist. He's not just like you go there for your regular, like Got you're not it. just going there to get a pap. You're going there. Know, for, like, that's something's just wrong such a you. funny, yeah. it doesn't seem like it would be the name <laughs> of an institution. Well, like the name is mercy hospital, well, but, but the... his clinic is minimally invasive gynecology. Right. Yeah. Like that's just minimally invasive. Like, I'll, I'll give you your space. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's just don't funny. Don't worry, babe. In We're going to set healthy of, boundaries. The, yeah. In the context of gynecology, that's just really funny yeah. to me. I don't know. Anyway. Um, <laughs> That's funny. Anyways. I'm on this, sorry, I'm on this treatment oh, yeah. list of like hormone therapy. Would it yeah. be a, would that have been a hormonal contraceptive? Probably. Oh, Wait, I don't know no, if contraceptive. contraceptive. No. Uh, progestin therapy? It could have been, yeah. Mirena? Mirena. Yes. That is what it was. Okay. Was that? I think. That does sound familiar. It sounds familiar. I've definitely heard of Mirena. I thought one way it or another. with an M. Yes. I it could not be. That. If you're listening to this and you know I'm wrong, I uh, acknowledge that I could be very wrong Yeah, right we don't now. remember. We're working on... <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Some sure. old info. Well, okay. Mirena is a hormone-releasing IUD. Oh, yeah. See, no. No, no. not that. So this That's would have been something have you take, it, like, That's why we've heard of it, <laughs> yeah. Like, an, no. like, so this would have been, like, an oral... Yes. Medication. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's not a contraceptive. It's not birth control. Hmm. Okay. It says this last class is aromatase inhibitors. And it says inhibitors are a class of medicines that reduce the amount of estrogen in your body. So I don't know. Does low estrogen effectively put you in a menopause? I have no idea. All right. I need to learn more about menopause. I was talking with some ladies you who some have been <laughs> through. Well, sure. <laughs> but I was talking through some with some ladies who have been through menopause. And I was realizing I know zero. Yeah, it's a lot. I know well, zero that was the other thing, about is that what's I would, actually happening to your body yeah. as you go through menopause. Oh, yeah. For a year, Nothing. I would have had every single menopausal symptom. Yeah. That, I mean, like I could. I could yeah. have the hot flashes. I could have all the things. And that's and, the only thing I know about is like yeah. the symptoms of menopause. But what's happening And to I was body? like, heck no. Know. So anyways, anyway. I decided to get the surgery. And I called down yes. there and got my appointment. And this was on a Thursday. For your appointment? No, that when this you all called. happened. Oh, and I will say, actually, coming back from driving back from was Hannibal with you was not good. I was in a lot of pain yeah. from the thing. And I just kind of had time to sink in. You know, she was honest with me of just because you have endometriosis doesn't mean you can't have kids, but it does mean that it could be very hard for you or you may be unable to have kids. And just be, she did not tell me you can't have kids, but. That's what I heard because it was just my biggest Assuming fear the worst, yeah. and I, it was so devastating. Yeah. I held it together with you. Yeah, as soon as I got to Kirksville, I drove to our pastor's house and I 
I mean, I've never cried like that in my life. I threw up. I was crying so much that I ran out of the room puking. I mean, Yikes. I mean, what a hard thing to come to terms with. Yeah, you know, like at 20 years old. I mean, I'm your friend, Emily, and I know you. Like, I know you want to be a mom. Yeah. And I know that's something that is just like, it's like a life goal. And yeah. it's, it's not like, oh, we can't go to Disneyland this year. You might have to wait. No, mm-hmm. it's like, no, this is it's like all I want. Yeah. a life thing. And then the thought of that going away. Yeah. I mean, I, it would, was, I, would, I can't fault you yeah. for feeling devastated. I, yeah, I was, I was bad. I remember Jeremy was trying to leave for a meeting and I was with Ruth and he was <laughs> not like, oh, What's well. up with you? He went to an elder. He had an elders meeting and okay. they talked about it and prayed and stuff because I was. Yeah, that's heavy. Not good. But. The idea is not that it's like 100% guaranteed no kids. It's yeah. just there could be some. And we'll some... get to my situation more specifically. Sure. But okay. um, that was a Thursday. So they had scheduled me for surgery in December. This is October. Yeah. And oh, wow. That's all. I feel like that's a long time to wait. Well, He's a great but... surgeon. Yeah. yeah. That's like that. Brian but, He's such a good doctor. You can't even get in to see him. That it's... night they called me back. Yeah. And they Whoa. were like, we had a cancellation. Can you come Monday? Yeah. I was going nice. to say it was a fast turnaround. And I was like, heck yes, I can. I was on my nice. period. <laughs> Freaking ironically <laughs> for this surgery. That's awesome. And I was so happy. I was like, this is the last period that I'm going to have to live like this. Cause I was so confident that this is what was going to help me. Yeah. Um, Mercy Hospital in St. Louis is the best medical establishment I have ever been to in my entire life. I keep hearing good things. If you can get there, get there. They are outstanding and amazing. Nice. Um, They took such great care of me. They're Catholic hospital. Those nurses prayed for me before surgery. They were so sweet and kind. I had to get there so early. Um, I was a mess. I was so scared. I was on my period. Did I take you down there? No, my I dad took you me. No. My dad took me for my surgery. What am I thinking of? You've taken me down there up. afterwards for a oh, follow-up. Okay, okay. I was like, I have um, been there because I remember where the clinic yeah. is. Yeah. Okay. So they basically, you know, put me in surgery. It was a full yeah. of several hour surgery. It was laparoscopy, which is minimally invasive. Um, yeah. So I was looking up that. They just do a small incision in your abdomen. And then stick and then, a... And then go in with a probe to visually look around yeah. for yeah. for the endo tissue. But they have another probe that can remove it. So there are two oh, kinds yeah, of surgeries thing. for endometriosis. Yes. There's um, an ablation and... Why am I blanking? Ablation and... A, a, Excision, excision, sorry, ablation and excision. Ablation just uses a laser to burn the tissue. Excision actually cuts the tissue and the roots of the tissue out. Taking it out. Yeah. Yeah, that's excise. Got it. Um so I was having an excision. Sure. Which is proven it is more expensive and the recovery is longer, but it's more effective because it's removing the root of the tissue, not just burning the surface tissue. Okay. Um so anyways, they gave me so many drugs because they were, con- I was convinced I was going to be super nauseous and sick after I woke up. So I was like, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and I just remember going into surgery. Like I was awake when they rolled me into the OR, even though they'd given me the medicine to make me like calm. And they told me it would probably put me to sleep. Yeah. They woke me up as I went to the ER. Cause they like the OR cause they pushed the doors open with like your bed. And so that woke okay. me up. <laughs> And bumper car. In yeah. There. I remember them like lifting me up onto like the metal table, which is so freakish. And then it's just like 
not very wide. It's just as wide as your body. Yeah. And then like metal pieces come out and they strap your arms down, which is so disconcerting. And there's all these people standing around you in the lights. And I remember I wouldn't let them take one of my arms. And I remember mm. they said like, you can keep that sweetie. And I said, I know you're going to take it once I'm asleep. <laughs> <laughs> And um, they They're put, like, the, yes. Yes, they we put are. the mask on me and I freaked and I was like moving my head and they were like, oh, it's just oxygen. And I remember thinking, no, it's not. <laughs> and like as soon as they got me breathing, it, it was the stuff to go to sleep. And the doctor was like looking over at me and he was so sweet and he was squeezing my hand and he was like, sweet dreams, honey. <laughs> like, <wow. laughs> yeah, He was like the That's nicest funny. guy ever. I love him so much. And um. Yeah, I woke up. They told me that they would go in two places with the laparoscopy tools, maybe three. Ended up going in five. So I have five scars on my abdomen. One of them is through my belly button, which is super weird. And then I have four other little ones around my Oh, wow. Abdomen. They made like, okay. So there it's was, not like one hole and then they just go at multiple angles. Well, it's that's like, what they thought they would they be able to do. do yeah. But there was so much tissue that Dang. they ended it showed up. like they were able to see like, oh, there's something over yeah. there, but they couldn't get and to my tissue yeah. ended up being, I was a lowish stage, two to three, but it was spread far mm. enough that they had to go several places. Interesting. So I had it like on my uterus, um, vaginally on my bladder, which is why I was getting so much, my bladder and urethra, UTIs. which I was getting UTIs and, um, and my bowels on my ovaries, all the things. That's just wild that it just like grows all over the place we've it's had like, people it's like mold or something where it's just kind of yes. like goes everywhere when i was in urgent care when i worked at cfm we had someone come into urgent care that had it on her lung and it collapsed her lung what yeah but i thought that you were saying earlier that it's prime well i guess it's primarily, primarily pelvic. pelvic but it can grow it out can of go. your pelvis yeah. people get it in their it brain. Starts in on the, brain on their eyes really yeah so it, it but it starts on the uterus Typically, yeah. Yeah. Um, Because it's, yeah. I had a fantastic surgery. I was in, they said that when they woke me up the first time, I was in extreme amounts of pain and that I woke up like crying and they had to put me back to sleep. When I woke up, I don't remember (laughs) that though. When I woke up the second time, it was a field daisiness, man. I was feeling good in the neighborhood. Oh, I was, (laughs) yeah. I was soaring. Yeah. Yeah. How long was the surgery? Uh, I think like two and a half, three hours. Um, pretty decent. Yeah. They uh, have like a bear hugger on me, which you don't know is where they blow hot air underneath your hospital gown because oh, you're yeah, cold. The story. Yeah. The story's brutal. So <laughs> <laughs> they make you eat and drink and then they make you go to the bathroom before you can leave. Yeah. Because it is an outpatient surgery if you do well. And I did well. Um, <laughs> so they were like, all right, you have to get it. I was so happy because my mom had convinced me that I was going to be mean after surgery. Oh yeah. For some reason. And I was so paranoid. And so when I realized I wasn't mean, cause that was the first thing I said when I woke up was the nurse was like, do you remember waking up earlier? And I started crying. I was like, no, I'm really sorry. Was I mean? And no, she's brother. like, no, sweetie, you were mean. So I was so happy. And <laughs> I, I was like yelling, my dad said, and I was just like beaming about everything. And the nurse was like, all right, sweetie, you have to get up and go to the bathroom. And I was like, okay. And I remember like hopping out of the bed and I felt something like, from that area like brush down the sides of my thighs and then splat onto the floor and i was like uh what my they forgot to sew me closed my organs just fell out of me oh, like gosh. i was terrified and I, I mean i was so drugged i was standing there frozen and looking at the nurse and she looked down and looked back at me and said 
it's a boy. And I started crying. And I was like, what did you do to me? How long have I been here? It was an ice pack that they put on my stomach and I couldn't feel because the of nurse all said the medicine. Yes. I thought it was your dad that no. it said the nurse. And then the nurse was wow. like, I'm so that is savage. That's, that's amazing. Hilarious. Oh my gosh. Well, so, can you imagine if that's your day job and you just like, right? Yeah, right. she's right. just trying to yeah. find joy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And she felt so, so bad. That's but, hilarious. Um, yeah, I got to go home that day. And the best part was that um, at my follow up, I'd asked him, I'm like, how does my reproduction perspectives look for me and he was like i foresee you having no problems getting pregnant and carrying to term he was like we were really able to clean you out and your endometriosis wasn't in any part that i i see impacting you in a wow right that's (laughs) amazing oh my gosh what a relief yeah that's crazy and uh, yeah i've seriously it's been so good i still have i'm always going to have endometriosis a Mm. surgery doesn't fix it most people get surgery many 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 times over their lives i will probably have to get it again and i still have you know it's right now it's classified as an inflammatory illness and doctors are fighting over whether it should be an inflammatory illness or an autoimmune disease hmm um, but right, mm. as of right now, it's classified as an, uh, an inflammatory illness. And so I still have the things that go along with that. I still yeah. get endo belly, which is like bloating. Yeah. Um, I have chronic fatigue and just things I just have that I'm always going to live with. You know, I get tired really easy. <laughs> um, but my periods are fantastic <laughs> great actually for years I, I you start birth control also after yeah. this just okay. to help manage right. it um and for years i didn't um have periods because i took it continuously mm. i am on a low estrogen birth control just because there's history in my family of maternal breast cancer yeah, yeah. and i don't rea- i didn't react well to regular birth control so i'm on a low estrogen one which is extremely expensive a pack lasts oh, you a month and it's 250 to 350 dollars a pack wow. um my doctor is amazing about providing me with samples pretty much year round i think i've only paid for it once or twice huh. um but yeah i was on that like continuously which is where you skip your placebo pills so you just don't get a period ever yeah. which also freaks me out i'm sorry but yeah. like <laughs> yeah it does freak uh-huh. people out but i was fine um it ended up being too much hormone for me and i had some mm-hmm. complications in the summer of 2020 with it and so now i just take it regularly and i take the placebo pills and i have my periods but they're completely manageable i still get cramps but like i can they're like regular cramps. Like I can take ibuprofen and use the heating pad and get through it. I'm not passing out. I'm not missing things in my life because of it. Um, yeah, it's great, but I'm very lucky. Most women do not have that story with endometriosis. Most of them, some of them wake up from surgery and are not any better, even though it's been removed. It's, you know, yeah. And I wanted to read something, um, just because it's just not taken with the serious, the, the, the weight that it should be taken. Yeah. It's really easy to get dismissed. You know, like the, the, the most common story with endometriosis is you go to the hospital cause you're in so much pain and you know, they leave you on a gurney in the, the hallway and say, you know, we didn't learn about this. There's nothing we can do for you. We can give you some pain meds and you can lay here until you feel better if you want. Mm, and that's, that's just kind of like, tales old as time that's yeah. just what happens to you yeah 
and people don't realize that like it, it can be life threatening. Um, well, go ahead. I don't know if this fits now or later, but it's funny because in 2015, I worked at a camp over the summer and someone that was on full-time staff, she mm-hmm. was just a couple years older than me. She was like passing out randomly mm-hmm. in the office and like I took her to urgent care a couple times because all summer like mm-hmm. things were happening and we were like, what is wrong with you? Like what is going on? And she was like in just immense pain and just the weirdest symptoms. Yeah. And then she ended up being diagnosed with endo mm-hmm. or leaning toward that right yeah thing or I don't even know. But the thing is, is that I had no clue what that meant. Yeah. And like, we didn't talk about mm-hmm. what that meant yeah. at all. I just remember her saying like, I'm scared because yeah. I want to have kids. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and you what? know what? That Your stomach has been time? hurting. What does that have to do? Like, yeah, I just didn't know anything about it. And so it's funny because that was my level of like, I didn't even realize I didn't even think about it again yeah. until walking through me. stuff with yeah. you. And I was like, <gasps> yeah. And actually, I don't know, like we're still Facebook friends, but I haven't spoken but that's to her. how common it is that you have two friends that have yeah it. yeah well and like it's with her they haven't had a child like she yeah. adopted and mm-hmm. i don't know that that's what it is because mm-hmm. that's been since mm-hmm. our friendship in person and being able to really keep yeah, up with yeah, each yeah, other's yeah. lives but like yeah that would be a fair assumption yeah. i would guess of yeah. like it could be related to that and the but, funny thing is that for a long time, like the answer that they would just throw at you if you thought you had endometriosis would be to get pregnant because people thought get, getting pregnant cured it. And my LOL. doctor told me when I asked him, like, do you think I'll be able to have kids when he was telling me that he did think that that would be possible for me and that I'd be totally fine. Yeah. He was like 15 years ago, 10 years ago. He was like, I, I would have been telling you to get pregnant as your answer instead of a surgery. Which I was like, how would really we have dealt help? with that? Uh, no, <laughs> I don't. The hormone shift often in some women does help them with their symptoms in Makes the future, sense. but not always. And it's not a cure. Yeah. There is no cure right now for endometriosis. There yeah. needs to be, but it's not getting the funding for it because it's just an, an issue that affects women. And it's not being taught extensively because it's just an issue that affects women. But that's like half the population. Yep. Yeah, it is. And 10% of them have it. But I to my point, I want to read this this story. Um, I am probably going to cry. <laughs> I'm part of a lot of endometriosis groups on Facebook and Instagram. Yeah, okay. I'm not a big, like, interactor. I don't post on there or, or comment or anything. But you ghost it. Yeah, it's just really okay. helpful to see, like, I'm not the only person that has felt these things. Yeah. And also, I just want to take this moment to say... If you have negative things to say about people that have it, just shut up. (laughs) Like there are women that join the endometriosis group that don't have endometriosis and they join it just to get on there and be like, you're a bunch of whiners in my day. We didn't talk about this and everyone gets pain. So just shut up and take it and be a real woman. And that's the only time that I do interact because I will rip you. (laughs) you. Absolutely (laughs) not. Do not come in here and try to tell me that you know what I go through, but Anyways, there was this girl, um, her name was Aubreyon Rogers. She was 30 years old and she posted a lot in them. Um, a few weeks ago, she'd been posting for months that, um, you know, she had been in excruciating pain daily, been going to 
emergency rooms and doctors and stuff. And at one point, one thing she posted said, when will my pain be considered an emergency? Mm-hmm. Because that's always the thing is this is not a, a life-threatening emergency. Um, so this is a post in our support group um, from her Facebook page. It says, this is Aubrion's husband. That's her name, Aubrion Rogers. This is Aubrion's husband. I wanted to message you all oh, because yeah. I know she loves being in the group, gathering information and chatting with you ladies. Um, right now she's in the ICU fighting for her life. She's been in extreme pain constantly for the last three weeks. And yesterday morning all went downhill. She had an emergency surgery, removing a burst right ovary, right tube, removing mm. her appendix, removing some endometriosis and endometriomas. Also removing some fibroids. I would very much appreciate some prayers for her to pull through. She's not stabilizing and is barely hanging in with the machines running to keep her alive. Thank you in advance and thank you for being people. She talked to you about something so serious. Um, a few hours later, there was another post by him. Um, he, he just said, thank you for all the prayers and checkups. Jesus decided to take her. Uh, even though we wanted her here, his will was to take her away from the pain that she endured for so long. Honestly, I'm lost without her, and she was my true best friend. I feel like half of me is gone. I still needed her, and I will never be the same, but I have to trust his will and his way. I will be okay. Um, It's just it shouldn't get to that point for people. It's not something that should be life-threatening when it's something that can be handled, and people just aren't handling it because they don't think it's a big enough problem. Sure. This one was Was, was her situation one where it had gone unaddressed for a long time or maybe undiagnosed She was diagnosed, but yeah. it's that thing of not everyone has my story where I got diagnosed and got the help that I needed and it didn't come back yet. Yeah, right. She was still dealing with it. Yeah. You know, like she wasn't getting the help that she needed over and over again. And, you know, I didn't know her personally. And so I don't Mm -hmm. know everything, but this was her post right before that was, I was diagnosed with endo in August when I had an exploratory laparoscopy surgery, a cyst was removed and an endometrioma was drained and flushed. I've been experiencing extreme pain. So I had an ultrasound. Now I have another cyst and an endometrioma mass that is inside of my right ovary. I'm waiting for an appointment with an infertility specialist next week. And she was just asking, have any of you ever dealt with this? I'm wondering if they're going to save my ovary and I'm praying for a baby in 2021. Um, And just prayers for that. I think she meant 2022 because this was in November of 2021 that she posted that. Um, And then she said, uh, I've been in pain daily for months. This was even later. This was right before she died. Um, I've been in pain daily for months. Today I went to urgent care and asked for an ultrasound. They found out I have three fibroids assist, an enlarged ovary, and Yikes. a large mass that is 11 centimeters. Wow. That's so not at small. that point she did have a mass mm-hmm. that was detectable. Was that endo-related? Mm-hmm. Okay. At what point will my situation be considered an emergency? Is 11 centimeters not big enough? They sent me home and told me to contact my doctor. I called him and I can't get in till Monday. I'm so tired of this pain. I can barely work and I've been missing so many days. What can I do? Should I go to a doctor for a note for a couple of days? Should I ask for pain meds? Should I keep going to work and struggle? And then, yep, she did not make it. She died a few days later. Mm. Wow. It's just unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. So when so the idea being that when she was in such pain and clearly had some things going on, mm-hmm. it wasn't treated as an emergency. Yeah. Um, and in the meantime, mm-hmm. is that 
like not just, but is that primarily due to just lack of knowledge? Lack of knowledge. Where la- they're like, yeah. okay, we see these things happening, but like, what we are we supposed to do, do about you. it? Yeah. Like, mm. People, women are literally told by doctors on the regular, we don't know what to do with you. And I'll read this stat. This is from endometriosis statistics. There's a $2 billion market for drugs that just control pain. $2 billion. $2 billion, $2 billion market for drugs. So that they just would rather, pain. so that to say that there's money power behind just drugging it. And the U.S. estimated funding of endometriosis research is $7 million. Yeah, that's pretty low. They're giving us $7 million to research something that affects 10% of women. And it's a $2 billion industry to just give us the drugs to control our pain and keep our mm, mouths shut. Interesting. Yeah, that doesn't seem, seem proportional. So, <laughs> you know, there's a hundred, right now there's, upwards of 176 million women that battle endometriosis and there are only 200 endometriosis specialists in the world. Hmm. 200. Yeah. For 176 million people. New you know career I mean? path M. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Seriously. Um, I was trying to see it. And then general practitioners, 63% are not comfortable in diagnosing and treating endometriosis. 50% are unfamiliar with the three main symptoms of the disease. Hmm. And so, like, how are you, you know, which would be what can I ask just so we can, I believe the three main symptoms are, um, I mean, pain, um, difficulty conceiving and heavy periods, pain during sex, bladder, make sure sure you're saying it into the mic. You're kind of, yeah. Oh, sorry. Um, some of them are debilitating period pain, painful ovulation, difficulty conceiving, lower back, leg and hip pain, chronic fatigue, pain during or after sex, bladder and bowel issues. Um, mm. You know, it's one of the top three causes of infertility. Um, IBS is a common misdiagnosis. A common site includes the bowel and the tissue lining of the pelvis. Mm. But yeah, like I said, um, it, it definitely grows yeah. other places and there's, you know, more serious, all of it's serious, but yeah. Well, okay. So this is related, but not directly. Mm-hmm. You got to do, you got to be part of like an endo awareness month last year or two years ago. It was and you did like a ago. photo shoot yeah. and had mm-hmm. a yellow dress. I remember the yellow dress. A yellow sweater. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. Um, yeah, that was just something that I did. Oh, um, it was endometriosis month, but yeah, a photographer, yeah, this photographer, I just told her why I wanted to do that. And she, um, like gave me a discount because she wanted to help with that. Yeah. I did not realize that. Yeah. Part of it, I guess. Um, well, it was just really empowering for me because it was something for so long that I didn't think we should talk about and, Hmm. you know, and I have had people complain. There have been people that like say things about my Facebook posts. Like, why do you really feel the need to post about that and talk about that? Like mm. that's private. And I'm like, well, why do you feel the need to follow me? <laughs> like you don't have to. <laughs> the, yeah. The aggressive response. I'm going to talk about it because no one's talking about it, which is why it's not getting solved. It's not getting sure. fixed. If sure. we don't talk about it, you know what I mean? Like the squeaky, squeaky wheel gets the grease. Like, you know, I've been extremely blessed and lucky to be where I am and to be pain free for the most part today. And to know that I'm going to be able to have kids. And then there's people like Aubrey on that are 30 and have their whole lives ahead of them. 
and they dead. They're dead. Yeah. 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 And so it's it's just weird to me. I guess it shouldn't be weird, but it's weird to me that that's even treated with the same stigma as all the because you like, yes, it's reproductive related, obviously, but it's like, no, I don't it's know. It's not inappropriate. Just all of that is reproductive health is me. not inappropriate. Yeah, but I guess we are growing up mm-hmm. in a time where that is way more discussed. Even the fact that it's yeah. not inappropriate and it needs to be discussed, mm-hmm. and sure. like that's how we can learn things. So we are growing up differently. Yeah, and I think we need to acknowledge that that like we're comfortable with it. Well, okay, yeah. cool, but that doesn't mean. I was curious, like, what's their ways that it you going through that with me? Because Shaleen drove me to appointments before and after and stuff. Yeah. Like, how did that impact you? Or, like, did it make you think anything about me or anything? No. No. If anything, I thought, my goodness, this is no fun. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I also think... I don't know. I was just totally there to support you in any way that I could. Yeah, you were but amazing. I, but I also think I did not understand the depth of mm-hmm. like, cause I mentioned I earlier didn't understand that I, it. well, that I didn't, I didn't know your whole backstory with it. So I didn't yeah. understand any of that or appreciate any of that. And no, I definitely just knew like you were in pain and yeah. I could take you to the doctor and I could be a loving friend. And so I'm all for that. And yeah. so, but and that's just like, as far as thinking things about, you know, yeah. no, And it's just that of like, I think people think it's a big daunting task to kind of care about something or to get something taken care of. Um, And it's like, she just, you believed me and you supported me and you're like, what can I do? And I wasn't asking, like, I didn't ask you to stop your whole life or anything. It's not going to be like changing your career that you need to do to support someone or something like drive them to the hospital when you can't get up, cover them on worship team. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Daniel was, I mean, it was a lot different for you because you're a guy and you guys weren't married yet. You were just started dating. Yeah. That same yeah, summer. That, I remember Shalene, yeah, going and taking you, like that was when yeah. we were dating. But you were great too. What did I do? Nothing. You were just emotional <laughs> support. <laughs> Sorry, I love you. I was <laughs> like, I don't related. Re- yeah. Yeah, you were just emotional support. Like you never like made me feel weird about anything. Appreciate it. Yeah. I try to be open-minded and not be like, ew, gross. Yeah. Girl stuff. Gross. Blood. <laughs> yeah. But. Which like, it's not gross. And I think the biggest thing is just, if you think that something is wrong, you should find someone that believes you <laughs> like, or at least someone that is going to be open-minded and willing to have a discussion about it. Yeah. Cause obviously patients don't diagnose well, themselves, Yeah. but I do hear what you're saying, Emily of like, yes, but don't you, wait. You do want someone that will maybe discuss and be open-minded and about it. I guess something that struck me as you were sharing your story was Mm -hmm. just the completely different approach of the doctor in Hannibal where she was like, I am working on the assumption that you have endo. Yeah. That's a completely different approach. And let's make sure you don't have anything else first that I can handle. Yeah. Like she's like, so we're going to come at it from that angle. And that's completely different Mm -hmm. than like, I don't know, like maybe it could be this other thing or like, that's just, she was great because she was yeah. totally accepting, like, let's work on the assumption that you have it, but also let's check and make sure it's nothing else right. first. Because right. there, is, there is something to be said for, like... Just jumping in with both feet, yeah. Yeah, or what, uh, uh, like a healthy skepticism. Yeah. Like, just because a patient walks in and goes, I think I have endo, doesn't make them have endo. Right, yeah. Um, but, but, like, same, at the same time... But there's time, another way to be... A validation. Yeah. Yes. And, and I, I think like, there is yeah. something of, like, you know your body. Like, the first time that I read... And the t- definition of endometriosis, I knew. 
Yeah. Like I just knew. And hmm. I, I'm not saying like, yeah. again, you can always be wrong. Sure. Like I also thought I've had, I was classic, having a stroke before. I mean, it's the it's classic. Like, don't Google your symptoms. <laughs> you know what symptoms, I mean? Yeah. But it was like, I have every single thing on that list. I have sure. it all. Right. And so, it, you know what I mean? Yeah. So if you really think you have it, you definitely have it. Find someone no, you kidding. trust. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Daniel. <laughs> Find someone. Work. <laughs> Sorry. I, I you just put be, me into a coughing fit. Uh, <laughs> Find I'm someone you trust. Being funny. That's what I meant. But um, so you're good. Yeah, I forget. I was going to say something. Sorry. Um, I don't know. Yeah, finding someone that's willing yeah. to have a conversation about it. Yeah, you know. advocate for yourself. Don't. You're not. It's not your responsibility not to hurt your doctor's feelings. Like if yeah. that doctor's feeling is hurt by you going to someone else because you don't feel heard by them, that's sure, on them, that's, not on you. Sure, sure. Yeah. And doctors are amazing, wonderful yeah. people and most experienced. Even the doctor that didn't help me necessarily well, at the beginning is a great person. And she's helped lots of people that I know. And I... It's not like they're a terrible person. No, she's I'm a great doctor. I'm also curious, like, do doctors actually care if you go see a different doctor? I don't think so. I just, just I just I don't. Mean, it's their job. I mean, I guess you everyone's can be feelings. relational in it, though. But that's so what like, you tell yourself. Do you know what well, I mean? Oh, and you're like, oh. yeah. And so that's what I'm saying is like, yeah, they're probably not, not even going to care. And if they do, like, oh, well, they have to live with that, yeah. not you. And so <laughs> I think another part of you mentioned like the support and stuff. I think another part is as someone observing like acknowledging your pain yeah instead of being like really you have to have tramadol for that yes yes like i think that's another thing 100%. that i was that's, aware yeah, of that's a good point mm-hmm. was the temptation to be like dude emily like must not be able to handle pain or like why yeah. is she, like that temptation was there but yeah. then being like no like she's really not okay and yeah. so even just believing you as a friend yeah. you know what i mean like for reference not as of a the doctor pain, but just being yeah. a friend that actually believes that you're in pain and not that just. was what gave me the confidence to go to a doctor again because you believed me doctors at cfm yeah. believed me andrew picking me up and being like <laughs> you're clearly not okay like it empowered me to be like i'm not crazy yeah like <laughs> clearly this is not good yeah um Dang it. I keep forgetting what I was going to say. Sorry. No, you're fine. Um, but yeah, I, I, it'll come to me. I, I was going to ask. Gonna... So for people that are maybe struggling with this or might be struggling with this, it sounds like support groups on social media might be a positive thing to get involved in. Would yes. you say that? Endometriosis Foundation is a great one. Um, sounds legit. Yeah, it's great. There's several content creators. Um on Instagram that have endometriosis that just post encouraging things. Um, the group that I was a part of that, um, I read from earlier is endometriosis awareness and support pictures. I believe, I don't think that's the original group that we were in. Um, no, yeah. The original one that that was in is the endometriosis support group, which is a great one to be in. And that's a group. Um, endometriosis foundation is a page you can follow. Um, like I said, March is endometriosis awareness month. March 10th is world endometriosis day because one in 10 women, 10. Oh, uh, I misheard you earlier. I thought you said the 11th. No, No, this podcast is going to go up on the 11th. 11th. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Ah, My bad. 
But yeah, even just like standing in solidarity with someone who has it, like you don't realize what validating someone could do for them. For me, it was what enabled me to be able to go and get treatment Yeah, because I hadn't had validation before. And there was that in my life of like, seriously, you need to just get over it. Like you're going to be okay. Right. And it's like, am I not? Oh, that's what I was going to say. For reference of the pain. Yes. Now I have met several women in life who are older than me and had endometriosis, have endometriosis or had endometriosis. So, you know, if they're in menopause now, but, um, who have had children Mm. and they told me like they were terrified for labor and they were like, now pushing a kid out is a whole other thing. Like pushing is a pain that like you don't have until you have it. They were like, when I got to labor, I couldn't believe it because it was no worse than my endometriosis pain. Oh really? Yeah. So they were like, you're going to kill labor because if you live (laughs) with endometriosis every month, like you've been there, dude. And so that's the pain that we're talking about. That's the level of pain that people are in. Let's have a kid every month. Seriously. And then you don't even get a kid. Like you're just there. It's a terrible bleeding. bleeding. (laughs) I'm losing. I'm not gaining anything. Although you did have a boy after your surgery. So that worked out. Daniel. Oh my God. I'm kidding. I was so confused for a second. I was yeah. like, what? <laughs> I have a child? What? Is no one getting me with this one? <laughs> oh my goodness. Man, what a ride home. I was so high. My dad, I kept thinking, <laughs> they give you a catheter. And oh, so I kept yeah. thinking, because then they take the catheter out. And I kept thinking I had to pee, because that's what happens when you've had a catheter. Oh, okay. And my dad, I was like blasting 80s music in the car and just screaming the lyrics. And my dad said, I kept screaming like, I have to pee. And I could not walk. So he'd be like holding me under my arms. I I like stumbled into gas stations. And one guy was like, sir, is she okay? Yeah. No. And my dad was like, oh, she'll be fine. I just picked her up from rehab. And I was like, yeah. (laughs) You're a dad. That's amazing. My (laughs) My dad had way too much fun with it. But. I oh, had wow. an amazing experience. I hope and pray that anyone with endometriosis, well, first of all, I hope and pray you never had it. If you do, I hope your experience is like mine. It was amazing. And I have been so lucky and blessed since then. I've been great. My doctor and the team there is so supportive because I felt like after that, I had all these questions. I was scared every time anything happened. Sure. Like yeah. I felt a twitch and I'd be like, oh my gosh. And they're so patient at like answering me and not making me feel stupid over things. And they've even like, cause I'm three and a half hours away from them. Yeah. And so they've even like, um, so at mercy, yeah, at mercy. Yeah. They've even, um, done like virtual visits with me when I just have questions cool. and be like, don't drive all the way here. Like, and so they've been so great. Yeah. And everyone in my life has been great. My parents have been awesome. Um, is there a regular follow-up schedule or is it just symptomatic based? Um, if your symptoms are more, I mean, you go if you're having symptoms, but I go once a year. Okay. And I go more if I need to, if I'm concerned about something, you know, I'll call them or go and they're great with that. Um, Technically, he told me like, uh, I don't need to come to him for my paps. If I don't want to, I can go to someone Mm -hmm. else. But I went to someone here in town and it was the worst thing ever. So now I go to him (laughs) because he's just really good. I don't know. He's like familiar with me and I'm really comfortable with him. And I bet that alone makes a difference just being yeah yeah i just had a very painful experience when i went here so which i'll ask you more about that yeah it's a whole that might make some people uncomfortable that story but um 
that's what I'm here to say. If awesome. you think that are that's comfortable, talk about them. <laughs> that's awesome. Appreciate you sharing your experience. Yeah. Hopefully this is uh, encouraging for other people and, uh, yeah, just the, that's the biggest yeah. thing I can say is if you're something, someone struggling with it, talk to someone. If you think there's someone that you know struggling with them, validate them. They don't need reach you. Reach out to Emily. Yeah, reach Mes- out to me. Message her on Instagram. I message me on Instagram. My Instagram is not private. Or just um, use the podcast. Yeah, use my the podcast. podcast, Instagram. Find yeah. me on Facebook. Whatever you need to do. I love to talk to people about it. Um, yeah, if you're in someone's life and you know that they're struggling with it, validate them. They don't need you to fix it. They don't need you to come up with a plan for them. They need you to hear them and believe them and be with them. And enemy just is is not it shouldn't be a descendants. So yeah, you should cool. be able to live with it. Fair enough. Awesome. Well thanks. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. This yeah. is great. Thanks for listening. Oh yeah. Say yeah.